Hello, Happy New Year, Happy New Queer, and welcome to Oral Fixation, a podcast where my sis from another miss, Andy and I, discuss music and gay stuff. To create a music podcast without any actual music would be the impossible dream, but believe us, any audio samples we use are entirely for the purposes of review and critique. This fortnight, we take a look at Indigo Girls by Indigo Girls, which was released by Epic Records in 1989. Get into it. But it's not recording, is it? Oh, it is. It's recording now. So should we just head on in? So have you listened to it all? The album. The album. Have you been have you been stalking me on Spotify today? I actually haven't, no. Have you been on has that been on Luke? Because you're not a Scorpio. Um I'm sorry, I've actually just been in meetings. <laughs> Work, emails. <laughs> oh. There's literally nothing I can say. Um <clears throat> Yes, I've listened to the bloody album. Good. Have you listened to the album? Yes. So um this is okay, I feel like I need to do a bit of a disclaimer before we continue. One of my least favourite episodes of Oral Fixation <laughs> is yeah. The Velvet Underground. No, no, no. I mean, I like it. Do you know what? It's still getting the plays in. There's I love some, that. There's I some Andy that. Warhol fans out there or something. But no, I think they're getting halfway through and thinking, right, I'm turning this off. <laughs> but there's a really... I, there's a moment at the beginning of that episode where you're like, right, hun? I am ready to be schooled. On the Velvet Underground. And my heart, you can actually hear in the podcast recording, my heart just fall to the ground. Mm. Um, Because I am in no way an authority on the Velvet Underground. So I kind of tried to blag it for a bit, Mm. but I wasn't really fooling anyone. I think that episode turned out really well and mm. we all love an hour of shame. So... Don't you think it's a shame? Uh, Champagne Evelyn King. Friend Deep... Friend of the pod. Is she still with us? I don't know. I didn't even realise she was a woman until um, that episode mm. when you told me. Anyway, <clears throat> sorry, I, you gave me that cookie and I'm kind of still kind of dislodging bits of it. That singular cookie. Yep. One. <laughs> <laughs> if you count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so. Um, yeah. So that epi- in that episode, I felt like um, I was... Meant to kind of, I, it seemed as if I'd gifted you this album that I loved so much. But that wasn't really the case. It was more that it was, it had been one of the albums that I'd listened to on my now um, infamous trip around Europe. Legendary, stunning, never before everything. done. Uh, incandescent. Journey into thy queer self. Oh, yeah. Via Stockholmo. Yeah, thin... <laughs> uh, German <laughs> e. um, uh, Holand Holand Yeah Brussels So you're on this trip um, Sorry On the trip And Indigo Girls By Indigo Girls Was one of the albums That I listened to It was actually when I got to Amsterdam Just fact fans Because um, I made my way through chron- Chronologically And this came out in like I think the late 80s Anyway <clears throat> But I'm, what I'm saying to you is I'm not this huge Indigo Girl stan that like knows all the facts and knows all the dates and knows all the details. But more than happy to talk about the music. Okay. 
Have you have you done loads of research? <laughs> but I, that's my thing. Yeah, I love it. doing it. Because I know time. some stuff, but you're fucked. You're fucked. <laughs> um, this uh, album process, whatever we do, um, you talk, I think we decided on this last week, didn't we? And I've listened to it, I think, two or three times the whole way through. Okay. Um, and it was a beautiful reminder about um, an element of this podcast's ethos that we, we can sometimes forget when we're... Uh, no, it's always there, but look, we talk a lot about icons. We love icons. We love our gay icons, right. our queer icons. Yeah. We are icons. I love you. I love you. Yes. Um, but part of this podcast remit was always to focus on albums by queer people as well. Well, it's, and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, because and, sometimes, you know, Britney Spears is not queer, She's a queer icon. But also to educate ourselves on music in the queer canon that we aren't familiar with. Completely. Um, And it's sometimes quite hard to write that down. Like, it took me ages writing our bloody description on Apple or whatever, because some episodes are about albums that we as queer people love. Some episodes are us learning about queer artists. And that's really, really fun. And this was one of those episodes for me. I've had a lot of fun this past week learning about a band who I really didn't know much about other than what we'll get into, um, which is not much at all. Um, but I feel like I've schooled myself, or I've been schooled by the Indigo Girls. Love that. Yeah. And some episodes are about our own journeys as queer people. <laughs> <laughs> so come on then. Before any of this, did you know anything about the Indigo Girls? I knew them as... Um, a synonym for lesbians making music. Right, sitting... It's very sort of like, let's sit around the campfire with a guitar mm. and sing songs of sapphic life. I didn't know how many of them were there. Um, I knew mm. they were girls, they were indigo. Um, I knew them that they were kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Gone. <laughs> no, I, all jokes aside, I knew them as because um, they're purple. They're too purple. <laughs> I thought it was more of like a deep blue. Is indigo more purple? Well, it's 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 because there's two purples in the rainbow, aren't right. there? They're violet oh, they're and indigo. Oh, stunning! But it's it's blue rising. That's for damn sure. Um, it's purple moon. Mm. It's purple rain. They seem to sit in the pop culture hemisphere of serosphere. Um, as I was absorbing pop culture as they'd be kind of the joke in, you know, you'd be watching The Simpsons and they'd make a joke about the Indigo Girls as these um, vaguely sapphic acoustic guitar playing sitting around the campfire, like you said. Right, here we go. So the only, the only um, pop culture kind of reference or knowledge I had of the Indigo Girls before going into this, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think... Is from 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, right. When Kat Stratford, iconically played by Julia Stiles, um, is being romanced by Heath Ledger, Patrick Verona. Um, And in order to get to, like, get into her psyche, him and, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt or whatever, like, go into her bedroom and look through her music and figure out, like, what she's about. And she's the shrew, right? She's this, like, unlovable because it's the retelling of Taming of the Shrew, she's this kind of like unlovable, scary feminist, which isn't a bad word, but she, the way it's painted, it's like she's kind of 
um, impenetrable because mm. she's this kind of hardcore uh, chick. Mm. And one of the music um, acts that she likes is Indigo Girls. Mm, mm, mm. So it was kind of like that similar thing of like, it was like shorthand for kind of alternative girls with an opinion, but kind of downplayed almost as if it was like a bad thing. Sure, which is kind of how we, we, we would read something like that now as just a strong woman. Yeah, exactly. But it was different. It was. was. Because when that film came out, it was 1999 and it was a different landscape then. And the word feminist would have been much more divisive than it is now. Yes. Um, Yeah. So the only other Mm. real experience I've had with the Indigo Girls was just very recently when you actually sent me a song from this album called Blood and Fire. Uh, which I loved. You said I don't know why you sent it I to me. I can tell you exactly why I sent it to but you. But I loved it. Because there's a line in it. No, okay. Uh, I'm going to get it up. Um, but there's a line in it that... So when I first listened to this song um, a couple of years ago when I was in Amsterdam, um, this line just spoke so much to me because it's what I'm looking for in a relationship. Mm. Um, so the line goes, I'm looking for someone who can take as much as I give, give back as much as I need, and still have the will to live. (laughs) And I think that that is so, like, that is what I'm looking for. Like, I'm looking for someone that can, like, give me what I need, but also, like, not, like, call me out for my shit Mm. and not want to tear their own hair out. Mm. And I think that that's really, really difficult to find. Mm. And I just remember hearing that lyric and it just really resonated with me and it's a beautiful song anyway yeah it's beautiful um because it's a lot of these songs are about love and mm. that i mean this album is lyrically bay mm, mm, i don't know if you listen much to the lyrics mm. but oh my god and anyway that's why i sent it to you because i was like i'm looking for a man that will do this for me yeah um i think that's why i sent it to you so aside from the um it being one of those albums that you, by queer people that you wanted to listen to on your journey, mm. your, your physical, literal journey as mm. queer, as yeah. a queer person. As a queer person. Um, My mints. What, and other than anything we've already discussed, what else have you kind of, what other interactions have you had with the Indigo Girls? Uh, that, that, I think that was literally it. Yeah. I knew that they were part of the same kind of like group of like late 80s, early 90s folk slash Pop grungy. A bit of country in there. Bit of country. Yeah. Like Alanis Morissette meets kind of R.E.M. Very, meets like Joni Mitchell. Kind of like. Of I think all part of the same lineage. Yeah. yeah. That, but, but I didn't, any, any prior knowledge I had was vague and ephemeral. It Completely. wasn't kind of, you know. Completely. Um, and I think that's an interesting point in itself that both me and you have had those very similar experiences. However, um, upon doing my iconic research. Your um, she search. My she search. Um, they are really bloody interesting. Yeah. And I guess, look, if you're listening to this and you just really don't have any idea who the Indigo Girls are, um, a quick synopsis of just what I've gathered is they were... Um, they were two girls who met at school. Mm. Um, they didn't actually become friends until they were teens and they ended up going to college together and they started performing. And this is the very early eighties, if not the very late seventies. Um, they got picked up in like the, the indie scene, I think in Georgia where they're from. So we are talking the deep South of the States here. Are they from Atlanta, Georgia? They're from Atlanta, Georgia. Them and Nicole Page Brooks. Yeah. They would have been hanging out all the time. Mm. Um, funny how life takes you in different ways. Crazy. Um, and, 
Anyway, so, they're in um, the deep south. They, they, were, they were making this music and they developed a bit, a, a bit of a hardcore fan following for themselves, but they were nowhere near mainstream. And then people like Tracy Chapman started to happen. Yeah, like really late 80s. They are so Tracy Chapman. Radio in America started playing more <clears throat> folky, driving, um, intel- what, I, what I would deem as like intelligent, beautiful, folk, country, pop, rock. What was the political, like who was, who was the president? Was it so like- So the end of e- the like 80s. End of- was it, like, it was, I think it was, I, I think it was the first George Bush. Right. I think it went Reagan, so, the first George Bush, Clinton, Clinton the new, new George, George Bush. Bush. No, hold up. Where's Nixon? Is he 70? Oh, he's 70s. Okay, forget early 80s. It, then, forget yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but either way, Republican. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of exploded. So I think the album that, we've, that, we, that we went in for this, it wasn't their first. No, because they had a kind of like weird... First half, I think it was called Strange Fires or something. Right, yeah. That was, but there's some songs. They love fire. They love, they love, they actually love fire and more on that later. But um, there are some songs on that first album that are also on this album because this one was like spread a bit further and wider. Oh, this was the big mainstream. So I think Closer to Fine is on that first album. But it's also on this self-titled one. They were friends with Michael Stipe from R.E.M. Yeah, who features on this album. Who features on this album. Um, Iconic bisexual man. Stunning. Um, My uncle's a big R.E.M. fan. (laughs) (laughs) There he is. (laughs) Shout out to Uncle Pete. (laughs) Hi, hi, Uncle Pete. No, but because you were like, because I was like, Iconic bisexual man. Uh And you you were, my uncle's. And I was like, ooh. Uh, I... Awesome tea. That wasn't me spilling girl grey. Um, but? Um, great. Great. Good. Either way, shout out to Uncle Pete. Sure. So what I Be think... Be you bisexual or otherwise. His, his daughter Claire, iconic cousin Claire, often listens to this to fall asleep at night. That... Is what? that a compliment or an ins- She says it's soothing to hear our voices. I'll take it. I'll take it. I listen to um, Desert Island Discs to help me go to bed at night. You did? So if you're listening to this right now, Claire... Go to, go to sleep. Shh. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> so, back Michael to the guys. Okay, so they're huge. And I think what they be... What, but, very important to note, not out. I don't know when oh. they came out, but I believe it wasn't until the mid-90s to late-90s. So they had a right. good few years after this album where they weren't publicly out. Interesting. But now they're quite big activists very much so it happened for a few years yeah. yes okay um, interesting that's yes. really interesting isn't it and you wouldn't know this but i wonder if even though they weren't out there was a bit of a sort of kind of implication sure yeah and lyrically and they just but have... they don't really say like she or her it's not like kind of no. obviously i wonder if deliberately um, did people tell lesbian. them not to do that oh, did, oh, probably 100 percent. yes um but, Though interestingly, they've been with the same manager the whole time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, but maybe, we, I don't know. Anyway. I think it's important to be conscious of the realities of what artists were playing yeah. with, what the confines they were playing with. But, um, this is going to sound super obvious, but my, my key takeaway from them is this intensely concentrated feminine energy. Mm-hmm. A very different type of femininity to what I absorb from some of my other icons or artists. A kind of... Okay. Um, 
I'm speaking what I got from the album, really. Mm -hmm. um, this intensely passionate, um, romantic... Take Blood and Fire for an example. Mm -hmm. um, all is full of love with these girls. Or, or passion, angst. Um, the highs and lows of love. And I don't know exactly how old they were when they wrote this music, but I get the sense from them that they're in their probably mid to late 20s or whatever, and they're feeling the feels. Mm. But it always feels very feminine. Not girly, but woman-like. Like, I don't know how better to articulate that. Can we... Maternal, but not <clears throat> child-related. I don't know where I'm Can we unpack that. it a little bit more through the lens of what you said about the fact that you haven't felt that from other female Oh, artists. I mean, I probably didn't think that statement through thoroughly. I think there's something definitely in how guitar heavy their music right. is go with me on this and i know because because the thing what you're saying like, you're like i hear you cheech yeah something but keep going i'm trying to unpack it uh now this is coming from someone who will defend pop music to my deathbed and um will refuse to get into any conversations about how inauthentic or authentic pop music is um but there's something that you cannot deny a very organic production of music from something as simple as a guitar. Yes. And I feel like now in my life more than any other time, I am listening to a lot of guitar-based music. This okay. may or may not be anything to do with my boyfriend or whatever. But. <laughs> but it just so happens that on my Spotify rotation at the minute, it's it seems to be less synths, more guitar. Right. For, for, and I go through these periods, but... Um, you're a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll at the moment. Um, but no, let's go back to this. Because um, I know what you mean. It's, it's, I found it to be like deeply emotionally honest. Mm. Like most of the songs are about love, one's like relationship with themselves, mm. or there's actually a couple of songs about death mm. as well. Okay. Um, but I, like, every song struck a chord with me. Mm. Like, okay, Closer to Fine is, like, about, you know, focusing on um, making yourself better and, like, getting through a struggle and, and getting closer and closer to feeling happiness. But also being okay with kind of what you've got as well. 100%. It's like the pursuit of perfection, but you don't need perfection yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And that came to me at a really, like, perfect time in my life as well, considering yes. what I was going through when I was going on that trip. Um, Secure Yourself, the second um, song, is, isn't it about, like, someone that's about to die? I don't know. The lyrics, yeah. like, it's like, secure yourself for heaven, um, hold on tight and don't let go, something blah, blah, blah. Like, relinquish yourself of your earthly burdens, you've just begun. Like, it's about, I think it's about, like, she doesn't say relinquish, but, like, whatever. I think it's about, like, ending your life and going on to the next adventure of death. Mm. And these are all, like, deep, full-on, like, Blood and Fire we've already spoken about. Prince of Darkness is about getting out, I think, of, like, a toxic relationship, mm -hmm. which, again, struck um, chords with me. And... Which chords? <laughs> uh, G? Minor. No, what are the chords called? Yeah, sure. Old lady hand. <laughs> um, so... The, they're, they're all really, like, deep, intricate... Um, uh, subject matters, but told through a really simple, honest voice and instrument. Yes. 
And I think that's what really resonated mm. with me. I don't know mm. if that kind of coalesces with what you're saying about the maternal I think so. thing or, yeah, yeah, or yeah, female completely. thing. It feels incredibly <laughs> genuine to me, mm. this music. It feels um, warm and real and raw and... Um, I feel the emotions from the music and um, it's actually been, I think it's important to just stay out here. It's been a, pl- a very pleasurable experience l- getting to know this music. Yeah. Uh, this is a really, really amazing That's album. That's how I and, and, and look, I don't know how long we're into this episode, but if, if this is where you, you hope because you've had enough or whatever, listen to the album. This yeah, is a really dude. bloody good album. I remember That's listening. sign off from this. I remember listening to the album thinking, how have I never heard this before? Yeah. I love folk music. I love country music. Yeah. I love guitar music yeah how have i never heard this before and also i can hear the the people that have come after them being informed by Completely. i can hear where they've come from but alanis I can hear alanis imogen heap yes um even people like i reckon regina specter and yeah like in different ways but like someone like probably fiona apple yeah like a lot of female singer songwriters i think would have been inspired by um by Indigo Girls. I think um, we we briefly messaged about her today, but there is a completely direct tie between the Indigo Girls and Brandy Carlisle. Okay, talk to me more about Brandy Carlisle. Yeah, I, I've only got into her this year, um, and um, I like a lot of people. She, she's had um, a pretty substantial career. I think it's gone on for about ten years, but she's only just hit the really big time. Is she Aussie? She's American. She's American. Um, and um, because I think at the last Grammys or the Grammys before, she just won a stack of awards and everyone was like, who the fuck is Brandy Carlile? Oh my God, this album is amazing. And the album um, in question, I think it's called By The Way I Forgive You. No, and that's li- fine. But what's the album called? <laughs> I listened to it last year <laughs> and, it, and it's stunning. It's, it's, it's right alongside this. And um, when I listened to it more and started doing my research on her, uh, she's gay. And oh. the, the album's title comes from the first song. It's a lyric in the first song. And I think the song reads as a love song. But separately in interviews, uh, Brandy has said that the title, By The Way I Forgive You, is a direct reference to um, the people in the town she grew up with in the deep south of America who turned their backs on her when she came out. Stop it. Yeah. And... Do you know what? Let's part that now. I would like honorable fixation to do Brandy Carlisle in the future. Okay, yeah, done. She's probably the one of the world's biggest country artists and she's good. I'm going to get into her because mm. you're not the first person to recommend her to me. Mm. So, yeah, I'd like to uh, listen to more of her music. Mm. Mm. Um, back to the girls. So, uh, okay, we've spoken about people who've come um, after them. I think we also need to acknowledge, uh, you've already said Joni Mitchell. Um, that kind of... Joan Bays, like, like, uh, strong, clever women with a knack for a melody, um, a pen for fabulous, introspective, deep, sometimes political lyrics, and a way of speaking to people from different parts of society. Yeah. So I think now more than ever would be a great time to just acknowledge that these women, the Indigo Girls, came from Georgia. Um, I don't know what personal struggles they've been through themselves, but um, in interviews I was just reading today, they, they they talk about very recently, I think an interview I read was given the month before Trump came into office and they talked about um, how much they'd 
basically loved having Obama as a president right. and, and how far they'd come. And they actually didn't dwell too much on the negatives of what was about to happen. And, um, but they mentioned how for the 90s, whether they asked for it or not, they were used as poster girls for a lot of um, LGBT rights activists. Yeah. And they were more than happy to do so. And they became activists themselves. But um, And not just in the LGBTQIA plus space, but also I think in terms of like, um, I think they work a lot with Greenpeace. Like they're very environmental. Yeah. They've done a lot with Native American rights in the yes. US. Yeah. Um, but specifically for women and lesbian gay women. I right. think specifically these were um, huge figureheads of visibility in music. And um, I actually stumbled across a beautiful um, thought piece, a column on a random website, which I'd love to share, um, by an older a lady, an older American lady, who talked about how she um, didn't see anyone like her in artists in America, um, went through a bit of trouble in her late 20s, early 30s, where she had a whole career. Um, I think she was a restaurant owner. She owned multiple restaurants, had a family, and she just loathed herself because she wasn't out. She wasn't being who she really was. Yeah. And then the Indigo Girls hit the big time. She discovered them. And basically, to cut a really long, beautiful story short, they helped her so much on, their, on her personal journey. And um, I think it was to celebrate the 30 years of the Indigo Girls or something. And it just kind of used a human example of how important it is time and time again to see people like yourself represented in um, the culture that you consume and um, people who can speak to you. Mm. It was really, really beautiful. And so I I just constantly feel like I'm I'm just learning so much about these people and how much they've done and the effect they've had. But the interesting takeaway from that um, activist slash protest figurehead movement was um they almost came across a little bit reluctant in a way like a kind of not reluctant but um a bit like uh sure we'll do it we're happy to do it but a bit kind of self-doubting like a bit right we're we're probably not the best people to do this but we'll do it if you want us to well i think that's the, the the constant struggle with many people in the public eye like i'm not a role model i'm just a person that makes music like don't like you know kind of look to me to solve your problems. You know, there's a lot of pressure that comes along with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can imagine, especially as lesbian women, where there isn't as much visibility um, as straight people, Mm. it's it's a big undertaking to kind of Mm. be a voice for someone that doesn't have a... I don't know. It would stress me out, Mm. for sure. Yeah, and we all know that we've got so much further to go that I think it's also really cool to constantly check in with the amazing progress that we have made. And one of them said in this same interview about where they talked about Obama and Trump, about how awesome it is that right now we have someone as visible and lauded and critically acclaimed and adored as Janelle Monáe, yeah. who is not only, I believe she's lesbian, well, she, we know she's queer and a woman of colour, but... Her sexuality is barely mentioned. Mm. Um, partly because she's just so bloody talented, but um, 
to go from where they've been to somewhere like that is awesome. And it's really cool to really check in with that progress as well as be aware of how much further we've got to go, in my opinion. I agree. Did you listen to, don't worry if you haven't, did you listen to Russell T. Davis's Desert Island Discs? Yeah. Yes, I did. I loved it. So he said yeah. something that has just really, really struck me and yeah. resonated with me. That was a beautiful episode. Oh yeah. my goodness. If yeah. you guys get a chance, well, you, you have a chance. You, you have know, the podcast app. We Press stand. pause on this one. And go to Desert Island Discs, BBC Sounds. No, come back after. Come back after. We stand Desert Island Discs like you stand our fixation. Mm, mm, yeah. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> right? Rena? <laughs> um, anyway, so um, <laughs> he said this thing. Um, Lauren Laverne asked him about, um, because he obviously, he wrote, sorry, for those of you who don't know, Russell T. Davis is a Welsh um, screen screenplay he's a writer um screenwriter um and he his main um he, he first became famous for writing queer as folk which was a um 1999 late 90s early 2000s series about um gay men living in manchester then it was um uh, made into there was a u.s version then he was part of the doctor who reboot which, which was huge um, more recently he's worked on um a program called years and years which is a kind of black mirror type thing but Anyway, he's done so much amazing stuff, but Lauren, the interview interviewer, asked him, do you always want to put a gay storyline in everything you do? And he said, from now on, yeah, I do. Because as an out... This is the thing that struck me. He said, as an out society, as an, like, a legally out society, like, group of people, we're, like, what, just over 50 years old? Mm. Like, that's really 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 young mm. and we can look back at say like the indigo girls and think oh my god they were may- maybe the first kind of like out lesbian you know pop artists and and that's great but there's still so much further to go and they, mm. like it's it's like with each with the, the indigo girls and then people that came after them and now you're talking about Janelle Monet, with each of those acts that comes out we're chipping away and chipping away and chipping away at that um at that I don't know, piece of marble. Well, 2,000 years yeah. of this norm that, that has been in place for literally 2,000 years. Exactly. Yeah. And we just, we can't be complacent. No. We have to keep going. We have to keep telling these stories. We have to keep telling queer stories. We have to be, keep mm. being visible queer people and, um, and paving the way for others. Because when you said um, about that, that article about that woman seeing the Indigo Girls and being inspired, I tried to think to myself... Who was the first visible gay person that I, I saw that, 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 that I thought, ah, oh, that person's like me and that, that resonates with me. And I can't, I can't really think of one off the top of my head. But nowadays, kids will have like the Queer Eye guys and Queens on Drag Race and countless other like all different colours of, um, when I say colours, I mean, you know, like of the spectrum of different types of people. But yeah, different gender identities and races and sexualities and mm. abilities and ages and they'll have more cultural touch points to like latch into and identify with and learn more about themselves that way mm. and that's great and we just have to keep going and keep going and keep going mm. love that thanks John and now for some more music now for some more music Siri play close to fine what so you you know the the titles of this album the song titles quite well and it's not something that i really learned but uh, yeah love closer to fine like you said love secure yourself we know we stand blood and fire um it's a little bit mopey and it's a little bit self-indulgent but that's fine and it's who i am no there's a song called history of us 
That's the last one on the album. Yeah. And that one again is a kind of about. See, I don't think it's mopey at all. Okay, I cool. think it's about living in the present moment. Love that. Because they're Love saying that. like, let's hold on to this before we become ashes to dust. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna die. Spoiler alert: the hero mm-hmm. dies at the end. Mm-hmm. But let's just like we're in Paris and let's. I think they mention Paris. No, they do. Yeah. We're in Paris. Let's just like soak it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I, I imagined it was these. It, it's it's about a, I presume a couple on traveling around Europe or yeah. whatever, and um, well, like you just nailed, kind of in the heady de- days of their romance, and just trying to bottle that feeling, that amazing feeling, and kind of latch onto it. Do we know and, if um, either of the gals? Do we know if they ever? Because they're not together now. They've got separate relationships. And I think they both have children. Um, but I don't know if they were ever Honestly, a, um, I, I didn't item. see anything mentioned about that. Neither and did I. And I kind of got the impression that because they met as like 12-year-olds, it was just never really a thing. Or like a bit of power snogging just to like see what's up. To get them razzed before they get on stage or something. 100%. Or, yeah, yeah. We do that before we record the, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. If they did do that. Any other songs that you like? Um, so they, so they, they only actually released two singles from this, um, Close to Fine and Tried to Be True. I uh, have said the, this. Like, what separates me from you now? I've which is quite R.E.M.E. Disparagingly anyway. before about other things. Um, and, and in this way, I kind of mean it in a more positive way, but the the semantics are the same. Mm. It can get a bit samey. Yeah, I... I well, it, well it, it is a bit samey. I hear ya. I hear ya. And that's okay. And that's okay. Because you put on this album, you listen start to finish, and it's a mood, it's a vibe, it's a feeling. We're into that. But I just want to be completely devil's advocate with myself and my, mm. the way that I talk about music, and that is something that I have slated other albums for. Sure. So what I'm saying is, I guess, sometimes I like it and sometimes I don't. I think it's all about context. Yeah. Like, this is a sort of, for me... This is a let's walk around a park and just think about life slash <laughs> let's just sort of, you know, sun, it's Sunday afternoon, let's cook. Or let's have a dinner party and have it playing on in the background. Mm-hmm. My friend Harriet from back in the UK, who I don't think listens to this podcast because when I went back recently, she asked me the name of it. But I will give her a shout out. She's once said to me something really interesting. She said to me, there are two different types of household in the world. Tracy Chapman households and non-Tracy Chapman households. Interesting. And I'm part of a Tracy Chapman household. Mm. And my children will be part of a Tracy Chapman household. Mm. And to me, I was like, oh my God, you're so right. As in like, you walk in, it's like a winter's kind of autumny day. Mm. And the mum's like cooking and she's got a glass of red wine on the go. And mm. talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper. Mm. is on in the background. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Mm. And that, this to me is kind of, is in that same vein. Let's put it on the background. It's kind of fun. It's kind of a bit jolly at times. Mm. It can be introspective. It can be very romantic. It can be samey. Okay, it can be. Did you listen to any of their other music? Um, A few songs came on like Like Spotify radio radio after, yeah. Yeah. Um, But it, it, it is all kind of, they've definitely got a, a style. That they like. Sure. And I don't want to dwell on that too much. Um, I think, um, particularly today, the, the other, the, the main key, way, key takeaway I've come, up, I've come away with, I can't even get my bloody words out, I'm so flustered, um, <laughs> is kind of thinking about if there is some kind of 
effed up hierarchy about the way that gender and sexuality is viewed in um, successful people, successful musicians or actors or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it feels almost taboo to discuss this, but I've, I've talked about this with, with lesbian friends and it, it's made me confront kind of my own outlook and viewpoints. If you think about straight men will always be at the top yeah. unless we smash, until we smash the patriarchy. You could probably maybe say, I don't know, gay men, straight women, straight women, gay men. Gay women are yeah. at the bottom of the rung. You're so right. And do you know what? When I went back and said about, oh, nowadays, like, you know, we've got Queer Eye and mm. Drag Race. Those are all gay, those are all gay all men. men. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some incredible, amazing, talented gay, queer women across pop culture by no means anywhere enough. Yeah. Um, and I think it's worth acknowledging that we both identify as queer. We are also gay men. Um, and this is episode 19. It's the first gay women that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And I read a quote from them today where they mention this was from like the late 90s. They wrote a song where they talked about their frustration with both not being accepted by fully by the country music industry as um, gay women, which I think is a different kettle of fish and a really, really interesting one, which I'd like to discuss about in maybe our Brandy or future Dolly episode or something like that, mm. like the way that gay culture fits with country music. Sorry, Brandy Carlisle, not Brandy. Uh, no, I meant Brandy. Yeah, aphrodisiac yeah. coming yeah. soon. Yes. Um, no, Carlisle. And, um, but separately, just never feeling like they've been completely accepted in the broader music pop culture industry or the United States or worldwide because they are so visibly um, gay women. Yeah. And um, I think that that's a really, really good point. And I, I want to acknowledge the fact that we... I, I, I'm not... Um, Ashamed of the fact that it's taken us this long to, to discuss... No, 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 no. Gay, like, lesbian It's not a purposefully women. exclusive um, route. But I want to make a conscious effort to discuss um, gay women more on the podcast and also invite um, guests on that can speak to that experience because we, as LGBTQIA plus people, are all part of this wonderful, amazing patchwork... Um, community of people but Andy and I are cisgender gay men so we only kind of we can only really speak to from a personal point of view to to those experiences um so when mm. it comes to the lesbian experience we, we can only go so far so yeah, yeah. I, I think I'd like to make a kind of uh uh I guess a, a promise I guess a declaration whatever to get more queer voices on the podcast that can speak to those experiences in mm. in in line with music and talk about their journeys as queer people. As long as we still do like Jerry Halliwell. And, bitch, please. Gets so funny. Phonic. Yes. Um, yes. Who was I speaking to the other day when I showed them that album and they were like, well, you wouldn't be able to release that nowadays, but with like, mental health. And I was like, mm, mm. I don't know. Like, I get don't over know. it. I don't know. Anyway, look. Um, yeah. Wow. Really interesting. <laughs> I will continue my Indigo Girls journey. Yeah. Um, Janelle Monet coming Monet. soon. Yeah. Brandy Carlisle coming soon. 
Belinda Bra- Carlisle coming soon. Brandy <laughs> coming soon. I'm going to see Brandy on Saturday. Oh my God, that's this Saturday. Random. Yeah. That is random. Yes, uh, that's so yes, cool that you're yes. going to see Brandy. Yes, and oral fixationers. I will also be seeing the remainder from my top five of all time that I have not <gasps> seen live. I will be seeing Miss Janet Jackson for the first time. You're completing the quintet. Is that, is that what it is, a quintet? Well, I just yeah, think I just made that be. up. No, but... it's a quartet. Is four quintets. Yeah. Is, yeah. Quinceanera? Fifteen. Ah. 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 Yes. Ah. Yes. Um, Anything else on Indigo Girls? Are we closer to fine? Are we close to wrapping up? Um, I, that I've kind of covered my main talking points that I had. Yeah. Um, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, <laughs> <laughs> with that, with, with all that in mind, like, is there anything like I want to go back to what we did before, where we talk about music that we're listening yeah. to recently? Amazing. I can um, start if you want. Yeah, go on, guys. I have always loved him, but recently found this incredible playlist on Spotify, which is called, let me find the actual name of it so I can recommend it. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. One sec. Uh, William Orbit, production and remix. Um, So William Orbit is a producer. I'm sure that you guys know this. He produced produced Ray of Light. Um, But he's also worked on so many cool albums. He's worked with All Saints. He worked with Mel C on her first album, Lol, which is actually iconic. Please Mm. listen to it, Northern Star. Um, And he's done loads of awesome remixes. So I've just been listening to a lot of William Orbit. There's one song on Mel 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 C's first album called Go. Do you know that song? I do. I, th- I sent it to you. Yeah. It's like beautiful stranger meets kind of pure shores mm. with some flutes thrown in there. It's just, oh, mm. uh, it's so good. Mm. And then I've also, because he did loads of, um, William Orbit started off his career in like the 80s and mm-hmm. did loads of this weird trippy kind of instrumental music. Um, anyway, another um, song of his I've been listening to is called The Name of the Wave. But yeah, I'm just standing William Orbit at the moment. Mm. Who are you listening to, Dolly? I think amazing episode to bring this up in. Um, have you heard of King Princess? This is so weird. Go on. Young queer woman. Yeah. She's about 20 years old. Yeah. I think this ties in so neatly with what we were just talking about, about not only just gay queer women in music, but also youth and progression. She is so young, so talented. And um, I've read some awesome interviews with her. Like, so, first of all, the album is incredible. Um, the album's called Cheap Queen. Um, I think it's actually a reference to the drag queen friends she has in the States. Also, not too dissimilar from other iconic woman in pop, Christine and, and the, the Queens. Queens. Come on. Use your noggin. There's loads out there. Yes. Um, just not enough in all fixation. Yeah, and we don't. need more. But no... Um, Christine and the Queens coming soon to AF. Yes. 100%. Yeah, that was my, I think that was my second favourite album of last year. Yes. Um, what, Chris? Chris. Chris. Yeah. Um, King Princess, Cheap Queen. This album is full of beautiful love songs about being a late teens, early 20s gal in love. and it's With other gals. With other gals. And it's this rush of beauty and technicolor. It, emotion it's just beautiful really really cannot recommend that enough and that was um that is the thing that i've been quit my timer that is what i've been listening to the most of lately okay so i'm gonna tell you a story and i wasn't planning on telling you this on air but it's just too weird that you mentioned that yeah that you mentioned king princess um okay how do i put this so 
you will remember uh, earlier in the year, eh. I was dating someone eh. um, who ended up... I've gone west. <laughs> <laughs> who ended up being uh, not what I thought that they were. Right? You thought. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. So I was dating that person. And he <laughs> used to listen to King Princess all the time. Mm. And... I just sort of associated her oh, oh my God, sorry. with um, with him. Yeah. And when it would come on in the office, I'd be like, can someone, can you change this? Because oh, I just like, hate it. Yeah, yeah. It's sorry, like, yeah. Anyway, recent events have led me to not giving a flying fuck about him. Um, and, um, and a song that she has called LOL, Pussy is God, yeah. came on the other day. And usually when I would hear that song, I'd be like, Oh, it makes me feel weird because it reminds me of this like other quasi relationship that I had and I hate that. And it came in the other day and I just thought, oh my God, I don't care. I don't care about that person anymore who was like purposefully duplicitous with me. I'm so happy in my life now. And um, how wonderful that a song that had previously made me feel anxious kind of had no effect on me anymore. And um, it just goes to, sh- it, it showed me a kind of another aspect of music in that sometimes, you know, we say that music's so healing and it kind of helps us when we're in moments of, um, of desperation or torture or um, solitude. But actually it can also, in a weird way, be the opposite. When you can't listen to a song because it hurts you so much and then with the passage of time you sort of, you heal or you overcome something and then you hear that song again and you realise how um, tenacious you can be as a human because it doesn't affect you anymore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Your pussy is God. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> anyway, so I'm glad to hear that you've been listening to some King Princess. Yes, yes. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Indigo Girls, thanks for um, creating music and uh shout out to the indigo girls shout out to the ig we just cannot even comprehend like honestly real talk now the shit they would have put up with like honestly my first experience of them being this kind of like synonymous pop culture vague joke of like lesbians with guitars like they actually have made album upon album of incredible music and um smash the patriarchy yeah let's just fucking smash it I just love that. Oh, Andy. You can follow Andy. <laughs> on at Andrew, do you think you are? If you want to tag him in something, though, it's really annoying because the U-A-R-E goes into a separate line. Uh, if you'd like to follow me, you can. I'm at Drew underscore down underscore under. If you'd like to follow the podcast on Instagram, you can. We're at Oral Fixation Podcast. If you'd like to email us, you can. We're at oralfixationpodcast at gmail.com. Send in your cues for us to A. Everyone is screaming about the latest Q&A episode, and we're going to do another. So send in all of your cues. Um, what was that random episode we did where I had to run away because my mum called me? That was yeah. um, George Michael, and you didn't run away. You answered it online. You answered it on air. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, <clears throat> 
we're going to make a Spotify playlist um, filled with the Indigo Girls, Brandy Carlisle, Belinda Carlisle, Brandy Carlisle, Robert Carlisle, Robert Carlisle, Carlisle England, um, uh, Carlisle Scotland. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> the two Scottish listeners we had have now just left us one star. Well, I don't know because it's border. So I, I think it's in Scotland. Okay. Anyway, look, thanks so much for coming along. Thank you to the Indigo Girls. And Andy, thank you to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm crawling on your shores. I went to the doctor. I went to the mountains. I looked to the children. I drank from the fountains. There's more than one answer to these questions pointing me in a crooked line. And the less I seek my source for some definitive, closer I am to find. Yeah, closer I am.